and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Tubby Talk, the show where we talk about video games in the lovely Tubby Robot here in Maniunk. I am Terry from Terry Lakey Films with the new Terry Lakey Films official hoodie. Ooh. It's a Superman style hoodie because I feel like a Superman when I film with you guys. <laughs> and your names are? I am Chris McGuire of the Tubby Robot Ice Cream Factory. And I'm Steve Wright Jr. of the Tubby Robot Ice Cream Factory. Since we're doing buzz marketing. Yeah. Buzz marketing. <laughs> yeah, from here on in, we're going to wear wacky outfits that are competing with each other. Flash mob! <laughs> so today, the boys decided they wanted to talk about retro gaming. And I was like, well, how do you even play retro gaming? And they were like, well, that'll be the subject of today's talk. So we're going to talk about how to play some of those awesome retro games. I know a couple, but these guys definitely know a lot more than I do. But I do know one way is to come down here and play them here at Tubby Robot Ice Cream Factory in what they call the Wallow Vision. TM, TM, TM. <laughs> image, 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 image. That's legal. That's legal. Yeah. He just did a legal thing. So we're gonna let you, I'm going to let you guys kind of start us off and tell us a little bit about how does one play retro games. Sure. So the first uh, most uh, the way with the highest fidelity, I want to say, is to build a time machine and go back in time. Yeah, that's the best way because then you get to use these same old stupid TVs we had and uh, make it look just as horrible as when we were young. Yeah, but it didn't <laughs> seem as young, uh, as horrible because we weren't used to, I guess the problem is you're used to things now. So with the time machine, you go back and then you can't see anything on GoldenEye's screen because it's just a muddy polygonal mess. Can, I be, okay, that, can so I be that guy? What does the word fidelity mean? Fidelity is, is uh, truth, I believe, or like truth and image. Yeah, truth and image. that would be the entomology at least. Yeah, yeah so yeah. like, yeah, the, trying to look for what the game... Entomology is. is the science of words, right? Yes, yes. Okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, etymology. Entomology is a study of insects. Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> I've been thinking about Spider-Man. <laughs> Uh, but, but yeah, I guess that's a really good place, way to put it because when you talk about retro games, what is truth, right? Mm -hmm. um, is it the way that the developers intended? Is it the way that it was presented to us as children? Yeah. Um, or, is, or, or even is it the way that they wish they could have presented it, but they were limit, limited by techno um, technology at the time? Right, and there's a lot of fights about this, about what is truth, what is best when it comes to retro games. Hmm. Um, so a lot of the things we'll talk about now are very contentious amongst like a couple thousand really angry people. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So is that, are you kind of talking about like, oh, if you're going to play a Nintendo game, you have to play it on the Nintendo or it doesn't count, those types of folks? Yes. Yes. <laughs> and, and also the types of things where you have like games, 8-bit uh, or 16-bit games, where they have uh, interlacing as option, visual options for a lot of re-release games now uh, to add the lines like you had on a CRT. Yeah, to emulate the scan lines of a, of yeah, a cathode lines. ray television. Um, Good God. <laughs> Which makes it look like it did back in the day. Yeah. Which might not be better for today's sensibilities or for what you want to see. I'll tell you what, there was an added challenge for if you had a TV that had those rounded corners because your sprites would warp a little bit. Yes. On certain, yeah, if you had, or if you had a tube TV with like the, the, the line that's just permanently in the middle and you're playing Mega Man and he just kind of walks out right in the middle mm -hmm. as he's going by. I remember those days. Yeah. They, they were the worst. <laughs> and then there's also a, is it smoothing it's called? Yeah. The effects that you do Video sometimes. Term. <laughs> yeah, where they take the pixels and just smooth the edges, AKA make it blurry as hell. Yeah. <laughs> and, but uh, that was kind of part of the charm. It, it, the, they took these blocky images that were really in the computer, jagged saw blades, and the, by putting them through the CRT, uh, they'd come out looking rounder and fuzzier and kind of softer. And maybe you saw some life in there <laughs> that perhaps was not necessarily intended, but it, it made them seem like this, for lack of a better term, alive. So you're saying that there is a war between people who say, it, it seems like the same thing of like comic books, you have to read the paper comic book versus a digital comic book, or it doesn't count, those types of folks. Same deal. Yes. So how, so where, where do you guys fall in that? Argument. So what I will say is, um, I'm digital or die. Just <laughs> you get mad at me before you come down on them. <laughs> I just played uh, Castlevania: Rondo of Blood, okay. the original version. It was ported to a PS4 recently, so I played it there for the first time. Um, and they had interlacing options, which made it look like a CRT monitor, which I did not like because I don't, I didn't like scan lines as a kid. They were just part of what I had to see. And then the, you could add smoothing, and the smoothing made it look very. Uh, 
blurry. <laughs> yeah. Okay. As if, like, bleary, I, I want to say. Like, so with the interlace, interlacing and uh, smoothing, it may have looked like a CR2 monitor, as Chris was saying, like a true to life. But I don't have to do that anymore. I have to, a 55-inch uh, 1080p TV. Mm-hmm. So I want to watch stuff and play stuff in 1080p. You want to see those saw blades. Yeah, and either I get jagged saw blades or I get a mushy mess that look like Vaseline's rubbed all over the screen, yeah. which looks gross in that game. I, I, I like to play it uh, without any interlacing or smoothing, just with the raw pixels. And then, then I interpret it with my eyes and my brain as I've been doing my whole life. So you, you like the, the digital presentation taking these old games and making them look perhaps as they were intended, perhaps as the developers saw them as they made them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. as the computer's outputting it onto the screen without any smoothing, without any uh, interlacing from the screen. I would argue at the time, though, those artists could not imagine what it was going to look like because the technology didn't exist yet. Well, the thing, when they were making the graphics, they were zoomed in like crazy. So they were actually, had to manually put in bit by bit on a matrix what, what the dots were. So if you're curious why Chris knows about bit by bit, look behind me. <laughs> <laughs> he designed these bit by bit. Yeah. Uh, so it's hard to, I mean, they definitely know what they put in to make it happen and they blew the graphics up. Uh, but yeah, they were still running the development probably on a CRT in the end, at yeah. least when you're talking about the NES error. Uh, and for, for in terms of preference, for me, I'm kind of a fence sitter. I love them both. There's some games I want to play that way uh, with, with the nice sharp pixels and like, oh, that's better than how I remember. And then there's some games I want, my, I have a CRT in my basement. I have a, what is it? It's like a 32 inch uh, CRT. Sony, uh, the, the good wow. Sony CRTs they made in like the late 90s. One of the last ones. Yeah. yeah, it's huge. It's <laughs> heavy. I carried it myself. They have, they have, uh, they have digital inputs. Yours is S-Video input in it, right? It's S-Video, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I love to play a lot of my classic games on that, on the original systems, with the original cartridges, with the original controller, uh, and sit there and just be like, I couldn't afford this when I was a kid. <laughs> uh, a lot of it's nostalgia. That's absolutely true. And um, I, I, anything else I say would be just a justification, because it is absolutely nostalgia. nostalgia. Uh, on the other hand, though, uh, I really do like seeing those sharp pixels sometimes, too. Like Steve was saying, um, I, I bought this NES. This is one of the ways we'll talk about, but uh, a new Nintendo's not making the NES anymore. Yeah. At least not as we know it. Uh, there's this company called Analog that was making a, re- a replica NES. That's a good name. Yeah. Good for them. <laughs> and uh, basically what it is, it's an NES uh, that they mimicked every circuit in. Mm-hmm. Uh, they used what's called a uh, programmable, uh, an FPGA. It's a fro- programmable microchip that basically makes it physically act like an NES. And they have a cartridge slot. Yeah. So it has, it emulates, it doesn't emulate, it is the system. They they reverse engineered an NES. Right. Wow. But without reverse engineering it, so Nintendo doesn't sue them to high heaven. Right. So it's got 100% compatibility with every cartridge ever made, Famicom or NES. It's got four controller ports. Yeah, and it's got controller ports for the original NES. So you plug all your old stuff in and it works. And most importantly, it outputs the HDMI. Uh, which the NES never did, never knew that thing was going to be a thing. Uh, so now on my big main gaming TV, I have that. And I can play my NES's cartridges nice. And I switch back and forth sometimes like, I really want to see the pixels in this game. <laughs> and sometimes I'm like, put on that CRT filter. Oh, yeah, check it out. <laughs> Battletoads, I love playing with the CRT filter. It's nice. good. Scan lines, that's how I remember it. It's, it's easier with the scan lines. <laughs> yeah, Battletoads is a hard wow. game, so you need to scale out to make it slightly easier. You need every edge you can get in Battletoads. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Liter- literally, in this case. Yeah. That's true. But this thing was... That's funny. That's <laughs> but uh, this thing, uh, it, it was expensive. Um, I believe when it came out, it was 400 or 500 bucks. I got it as a very nice Christmas present. Um, I've been playing it a bunch since then, and I love it. But it's definitely a sort of connoisseur hoity-toity sort of way to get into it. Okay. Not only do you need to buy this expensive piece, but you have to buy the cartridges. Which Um, you've owned a lot of them for a while. Yeah, and I have, uh, I've been hoarding them. Like, when I was a kid, I was like, my whole collection was like, I got 10 Nintendo games. I got 10 Nintendo games! Yeah! Uh, But now, um, you can actually go hunting and find more, sometimes for cheap, sometimes for more than you would ever want to pay. Uh, But I've been kind of slowly becoming a collector of the old stuff, trying to. So where does the argument fall on hacking an original system? Like, are people still saying that's original? Because, like, Angry Video Game Nerd has the Nintendo Nint- Nintoaster. Yeah. 
that's a toaster that played Nintendo games. I remember uh, having a, uh, like an N64 that was hacked and you could play uh, NES games, a Dreamcast that could play Super Nintendo games with original controllers and things like that. Where do people fall on that? Is that cool in that world or is that sacrilegious? That, yeah, it depends, but like most of those are aesthetic, right? Yeah, a lot of them are um, aesthetic based um, or kind of like from the more like technical angle, what can I get to run on this mm -hmm. type of angle? Um, like with, with, for instance, the SNES emulators on Dreamcast, I think it was SNEX, SNEX. 9X, I think. SNES, 9X, yeah, on the Dreamcast. And you burn it to a disc, a CD-ROM, and you put it into the Dreamcast. And you didn't have to do much hacking to the Dreamcast itself. Mm -hmm. And then it would play, load it up and load up the menu and you just play it. That's the first, either the, now, I guess the Sony PlayStation was the first one I remember where people were just putting in like gold or blue colored discs, but they were games. Yeah. yeah but they were not ones. supposed to be games. Yeah, that, the PlayStation 2, you had to do a lot of stuff too. There was a whole pencil eraser trick. Yeah, Look it up on the internet. Physical mods. Yeah, now we're getting yeah. into the legally ambiguous or straight outright illegal part yeah. of, of playing old games. Okay, and the thing about, about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the thing about the Dreamcast was you needed, if I remember correctly, you needed a bootloader either on a separate disc or at the beginning of the disc you burned. Yeah. Which is a, a part, a segment on this, um, on the disc that the Dreamcast would read and say, okay, this is official Dreamcast software. Then it would play whatever was on it. So that's how you got the SNES 9X uh, emulator and ROMs to play on it. You could also play burned uh, Dreamcast games, which I did not do, a friend of mine did when I was younger. <laughs> played lots of games. Uh, I ended up buying a lot of those same games because my friend enjoyed playing them so much that I decided I should buy them and uh, support. Game Maker? The Game Maker, well the used game store at that point. But. Yeah. yeah, so we were getting to the realm of emulators, right? So yeah. Emulators are software-based, uh, for lack of a better, better term, emulators. They, they, they make it uh, so that they mimic the hardware of a system in software. Yeah. Um, and there are pros and cons to those. Uh, we, one of the biggest pros is that if you steal them, uh, the, the ROMs that power them, it's free. And you can play them on pretty much any computer or pretty much anything that's shaped like a computer. Mm -hmm. um, the downside is it's illegal to take ROMs, intellectual property, and not pay for them. Unless you own them. Wasn't it okay? Also a gray area? Yeah, um, I, I believe it was okay for you to make a copy of, backup of your cartridge-based game. Yes. Not to own I a copy backup of it, yeah. Which, you know, 99.9% .9 of people were not doing. Of course. Uh, but, and also the other problem with emulation, which uh, you're probably about to get to, is that they're not one-to-one -one emu uh, emulation, because you can't really, you can't do perfect hardware emulation through software, at least not cheaply, as far as overhead goes. Right. There are some, um, especially like NES emulators, that get close now, mm -hmm. but they do it with a very CPU-intensive process. So you need a fast machine to, to emulate this tiny little old Super Nintendo with this dinky little processor. You need like a crazy modern system to try to emulate it perfectly. Hmm. Uh, now you can get by with just you know normal yeah. haphazard animation with ZSNES or SNES 9X, which are these programs you have probably used. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> for most games, it's fine, but that's why you'll find the odd game where it does not work. Certainly ZSNES had a, was on my PC. Now I went to Mac many years ago, but still I remember the joy of ZSNES on PC when I was like in college and in high school, playing these classic games that I just didn't have access to and whatnot. And uh, first time I played Chrono Trigger, that was how. Yeah. Until, uh, until it was one of those ROMs that didn't work all the way. And I could only play Chrono Trigger up until a certain point because Chrono Trigger was one of those advanced cartridges, I believe, that had something that they just weren't able to duplicate on the SNES. So it played up until uh, right after you got Robo and the and you couldn't go any further. You got stuck in this permanent maze that was in the, uh, whatever it is, 9999 AD or wherever yeah. Robo lives. 20,000 AD maybe. Yeah, it was like 20,030, something like that. 2030, I don't yeah. know. So who knows, but yeah, that was my exposure. But I also got to play um, just a lot of games I, I, I didn't have because I think emulation is great for us now do it the legal way which we'll get to in a minute um, because it, it just gave us exposure to games that we just didn't have access to before you know I remember playing on ZSNES I played a Super Mario RPG mm -hmm. first only time I played it was on that and it was great yeah and RPGs are really well suited to emulation because 
they don't require uh, the, the Twitch timing so much. You don't care if it's not perfectly emulated because the timing doesn't matter. It's turn-based. Mm -hmm. As long as it doesn't cut off after you save real quick. Yeah. But I would always test out a new machine by turning up an emulator and turning on Super Mario World and to see where the input lag was at and how many frames were skipped and that's the sort of stuff where you can s you can tell where it's different from the, than the real hardware when you play Mario World. Like you jump in and you're trying to like speed run with Yoshi and if you can't do it right, you're like, well, it's not me, it's, it's that. See, you guys were more advanced players than I was. Like, so from like speed running, all that stuff, that's where it's breaking down and stuff because I remember it being pretty accurate on my end. Yeah, I mean, it looks great. Uh, it's really until you get really sensitive to changes that you can tell a difference. Yeah, and they, I mean, and you know, at the time, I remember you could get the, plug the original Xbox controller in, and ZSNES had a mod where you could use it yeah. as the main controller, and it was a lot of fun. <laughs> but the controls were still off. Um, Anything else on, on illegal methods? Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a lot you can go into yeah. there. Um, as I was, uh, I just had to research, because I couldn't remember the name, for um, Capcom arcade games, namely fighting games, and also Neo Geo games, there was one called Final Burn Alpha that was supposed to be like the pinnacle of arcade emulation. Uh, arcade perfect emulation. Uh, for what I understand, I've read something about it last week, so I might be a little bit <laughs> misremembering, but there's that, and one me and Chris both used called Win Wincoax, or Wincoax which was a Windows version of a like DOS program to do this. But it ran- Hacks on hacks. Yeah, hacks on hacks on hacks. But it ran just about every game. I think it was, there was a Mac version as well. There's like a Mac coax. Yeah, it was like all like Capcom games and uh, Neo Geo games. Yeah. So I played Metal Slug uh, X, I think it was, yeah. all the time. Because that was, <laughs> that was when it was brand new. And I was like, brand new arcade game on my computer? Yes. Sorry for not paying for this. But I put so many quarters into Metal Slug 2. They can understand. Yeah. yeah, but you know what? It was never as. Did you notice that it wasn't as fun to play an arcade style game like emulated yeah, like on your at, computer at because. Home, yeah, by yourself generally. Well, because you could just keep hitting the credit button and keep going. So there was no like. If, yeah. if, if, you, if you don't use the honor system, you can just. Keep <laughs> but you, Are you talking about the it? honor system with an emulator? <laughs> so with uh, the analog mini, uh, so you put cartridges into it, but it also has an SD card slot. And if you happen to download every NES ROM ever and Stop. put it on the SD card and happen to, you know, um, rewrite uh, the, the BIOS so it can run them, you can run any NES game for free, factory perfect. Allegedly. Allegedly, <laughs> I've heard. Um, so it's, a, it's one way to make that price sort of justify itself if you want arcade uh, hardware perfect performance from something you did not pay for. Good God. Yes. Uh, also, good to know is uh, they've released a Super NT, uh, which plays Super Nintendo games and Super Famicom games, and that is $160, much cheaper, because they made this one out of plastic. The, uh, the, the other one was made out of like machined metal uh, aluminum, and this one's plastic to be cheaper. Uh, has the same SD card slot. Yeah. And then, <laughs> I'm not sure about SD card slot, but I know Terry will be very enthused to hear this. Okay. Also making a uh, Mega NT, which is Sega Genesis and Mega Drive emulator. So it will play the Master System games and Genesis games, and it's also set up to be, to connect to a Sega uh, CD. What? So if you have a Sega CD, or you can find one, you can attach the Mega NT to it with the same port, sit it on top, and you can play Sega CD games. Uh, the 32X does not work the same way because of you had to plug in cords to it. Yeah. So they said they may release a revision or a breakout box to enable that in the future. Oh my God. Yeah, I still have a copy of Jurassic Park on Genesis, which was the superior version. I think I've talked about this before. Yeah. Uh, so I'm interested in getting one of those and plopping that in and dying over and over because it was very hard. Uh, what, wasn't there some computer, I think it was like named after a fruit or something? Retro, uh, the retro Strawberry? Pie. Yeah, the Raspberry Pi. Raspberry Pi, what's that? So the Raspberry Pi is a, is a tiny system on a chip. It's a whole computer that is, lives on a tiny card, basically. It costs 35 bucks and you can run, we run it in the shop here actually for uh, our window uh, boards. Um, board. It uh, runs Linux you. for us. Yeah, you can run an operating <laughs> system on them, use it like a computer. Uh, you can also set it up to play retro games on an emulator. So a lot of people will just plug them in their TV with it. It's got an HDMI port. Mm -hmm. um, it's got USB ports. You can plug in any controller mm -hmm. and just play um, any game. Uh, I would say you really don't want anything in the 3D realm on those. They're not quite fast enough to handle mm -hmm. it. Like a lot of people do N64 games on them. I wouldn't. Mm -hmm. 
But if you're talking NES, Super NES, Genesis, uh, Neo Geo, like, they all run very well on those for $35. How about um, like uh, Game Boy, Game Boy Advance, DS? Yeah, all that. Absolutely. DS? DS, I'm pretty sure, yeah. Yeah, I, I remember, because I had a DS um, emulator for my computer like, oh God, 15 years ago now. So it definitely works. Yeah. Uh, was it 15? It was many, many years ago. <laughs> but it definitely worked, because that's how I played my first Fire Emblem game, because most of them weren't released oh, wow. over here, so I played one of the Japanese versions. It was a great way to play imports. Really yeah, yeah and, and a lot of the times people would do fan translations so that you could even read them in, in the language that you read. Mm -hmm. um, so that's another way, like a hardware, really cheap hardware way. Of course, we already talked computers. If you already own one, you can emulate. You can get uh, you can get a Raspberry Pi for thirty five dollars and play it on anything you want. If you want to dedicate a box, that's cool. There's definitely Mac emulators. Tons too. of Mac emulators, yeah. And in case you weren't familiar, you can definitely find versions of the same Win ones now. Yeah, it's funny. I, I think I'm okay with emulators and and have been since the uh, Virtual Console came out on the Wii. I think that was. For me, the first legal experience to go back that mm -hmm. I was willing to put money into and to pay for because you know, it was kind of priced right. Like, there were some NES games that came out for a dollar. Mm -hmm. You know, and then five, six, seven, and, and, and you know, certainly I got Chrono Trigger again, I got uh, Super Mario RPG again. But the great thing about that way of playing retro games is that the Wii controller was kind of built for retro games as well. Yeah. yeah. Especially with the extra port to give the. Um, the classic controller. Classic controller. That was super helpful when you were trying to play uh, Super Nintendo games, and I believe they they emulated Sega games on that yeah, too. They put didn't out they? Some, yeah, some Sega games. They put out Sega games. They put out Neo Geo games. Yeah. They put out uh, Turbo Graphics 16 games. Yeah, that's right. Knuckles Chaotix is definitely on there. They put out a lot of really cool stuff. Actually, it's probably the best uh, legal emulation you can find yeah. in terms of library, at least. Rest in peace, Virtual Console. Yeah. Well, what's cool is that the, the Wii, if you have one lying around, is also an excellent piracy machine. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> it's one of the best, one of the cheapest. Uh, if you can soft mod it, if you have just a, a copy of uh, Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess, that's I... all you need. Um, For what? Uh, For the Wii? For the Wii, yeah. Why that one? Because there is a, there is a, a, a way that it accesses <laughs> The, the memory that other games don't do, and uh, when you get to a certain point, basically it's an injection site for code. See, uh, Nintendo, that's why you make original games for the right console instead <laughs> of trying to upgrade something from GameCube. The pirates will get you. <laughs> yeah. So if you happen to have a Wii stand sitting around, you can find tutorials online that'll help you soft mod your Wii, which lets you play Homebrew, which is the main thing. You install the Homebrew channel, and you can actually play really interesting original software. You can also get emulators for pretty much anything and play not only virtual console games, but also uh, Wii games, straight up. Yeah. You, you can attach <laughs> a hard drive to your Wii, fill it with ROMs of Wii games, and play, play them all. Do you think that the video game uh, industry is mad at how smart and how engineeringly tech savvy their clientele is? I feel like Sega probably is, because there was a non-zero effect, a piracy effect on the sales of the Dreamcast, uh, or the sales of Dreamcast software. Because okay. Dreamcast sold pretty well, okay, but then everybody that bought one was like, why buy these games when I can just literally burn a copy from our friend's game because it, it just took a computer. And it came out right when CD burners got cheap enough yeah. for people to own. Yeah, cheap enough for the masters to own, and you just burn it and stick it right in the thing and play it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So uh, Sega should be mad about it because yeah. They went out of the hardware business. I mean, they, yeah, most of so. them have a very antagonistic uh, role when it comes yeah. to emulators, especially Nintendo yeah. recently uh, sent a, a cease and desist to the biggest ROM site on, on the web, and they, they had to take it down. And then every other ROM site, like in the top 10, also took theirs down. Well, I believe, I believe that's because um, uh, Smash Bros., which is, which is out by now, was in an insane way released two and a half weeks early through pirated sites. Yo, that was, yeah, that happened afterwards. Yeah, yeah that happened I mean, afterwards. That, that was slightly different. From what I understand. Was it vengeance? So you can't, <laughs> yeah. you can't screw with pirates. Like, so, like, from what I understand, and maybe Chris can correct me on this, is because they released it for a pre download like a month ago, like a month before it released. Yeah. So I feel like you could take that pre download information and rip it and use it to run. I don't know if that's what happened or if somebody got an early copy. Yeah, I'm not sure. I didn't touch it yet because I don't want to be spoiled. Um, but. I don't know how to. So. I know they dislike it. And also, be. Uh, I mean, one of the main reasons is that they want to make money off their own 
yeah, library. They're, they're past library. Yeah, uh, and a lot of people argue that they are doing a bad job of that. They have not released the games people want in a timely fashion at the price point people want. So a lot of people say, well, the only way to play it is to pirate it. Uh, a lot of people um, use the argument of preservation, which I think is fair because a yeah, lot of a hardware point. dies. Like, if you go back, PS1 games, a lot of them don't work anymore because bit rot, the CDs. Yeah, the CDs themselves. Printed, they're just, the, the plastic deteriorates. I'm getting a tattoo that says bit rot right here. By yeah. The way. <laughs> That's awesome. And like the poor Sega Saturn, not to keep being up on, on Sega, but Panzer Dragoon Saga, the original developers lost the source code for the game, so they can't re-release it or port it because they would have to basically create the game from recreate the game from scratch. And for or, those of you at home keeping yeah. score, that's the sixth time Panzer Dragoon source code <laughs> removal has Probably. been brought up on this podcast. But it, well, it's such a shame because it's such a beautiful game, especially yeah. for the time. Like the mix of story storytelling and like gameplay was wonderful. And the only way to relive it is to buy a working Saturn and have a copy of this multi-hundred dollar. That is game. that is unbelievable. And then. If, even if you, because I don't even think, there's, you can't rip them on CD-ROMs and play them on Sega Saturn, I believe. So you would need an original Saturn, an original game. Hmm. And they can't even make a new version of the original game to port it because they... I mean, I don't think they, they're able to replicate the Saturn period. Like, no yeah. one's ever released a Saturn game uh, after the, on another system. Yeah, but why yeah. would you? <laughs> there well, are a couple good ones. That one. yeah. yeah, that's probably the only one they would want to. I remember some firefighter game too that was a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, Afterburn probably. No, it oh. wasn't called that. But oh, firefighter. Yeah, it was an arcade game too. Yeah, it was yeah. an arcade game. I remember that. It was like Brave Firefighters. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. it, was, it was similar to that Die Hard game that came out, the Die Hard trilogy game. But like, yes. Yeah, so, so speaking of Saturn games, there's some games that are not. This is another type of emulation we can get to a little bit later or right now. It's just time for it. Yeah, go for uh, it. Which is another type of legal emulation which is the backward compabilities. Uh, like, SIS was built in this certain oh, yeah, sure. consoles. Like, the sure. PS3 was built to play PS2 games. Yeah. And the, the Wii was made to play GameCube games. Yeah. And The uh, DS could play Game Boy Advance Game games. games. And then the 3DS could play DS games. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, and so they, um, there were legal ways to keep the original uh, media, the cartridge or discs, usable into the future. And then uh, there's another type that's more prevalent now with the PS4 and Xbox One. Uh, where they use, they, they make like a port with an emulator built in to emulate that PS3 game on PS4. Yeah, the virtual console sort yeah, of virtual method. Console, yeah, it works the same way. And Xbox has that backward compatibility program they're doing now. Yeah, the Xbox One's really cool with it yeah. because they ported a lot of 360 games uh, that you would not be able to get otherwise. Yeah. Good. So they're literally just making an emulator for the Xbox 360 that runs on the Xbox One. Yeah. So you put in a 360 disc and it runs uh, console perfect. And Sony's the one that's tough about this, right? Like the PS3 couldn't play PS2. Well, and the, the PS4 couldn't play can't play PS3, PS3 games. games. Yeah. And yeah, that's they, silly. And they released a streaming service, I think, to play PS3 games. Yeah, they bought a streaming service. So they <laughs> yeah, for PS3 games. They bought on a it. company called Gaikai that was all about um, we will run the games on a server somewhere else, and uh, we will stream the video to your TV, and your controller will stream the output to us, and then we'll go back and forth, which is an interesting idea. Um, the, the problem is that latency kills it, uh -huh. uh, depending on your internet connection yeah. and where you live in the world. Oh, obviously. Right. Um, but yeah, but like, it was interesting. For what I understand, the recent re-release of Symphony of the Night and Rod of the Blood on PS4 are emulated versions uh, because they can, because the Rondo of Blood is the original PC Engine version from the eight and early 90s. And the I heard, Symphony of the Night is the PSP re-release yeah. of Symphony of the Night, which is another place that um, completionists and like really anal people get mad because they re-released Symphony of the Night, one of the, the everyone's favorite Castlevania game. Sure. They released a version that changed a lot, a lot of, of it, yeah. the text, and the text is what some people love about yeah, that the game. Text voice acting yeah. is totally different. You can't change certain things. Yeah, yeah. and um, you can make a compliment. Yeah, and I feel like part of it was they did not want to emulate the place PS1 mm -hmm. on the PS4, and they didn't have ability to port it, maybe? Um, the Saturn version of Symphony of the Night was superior to a lot of people, from what I read, because you could play as different characters you could not play. You could play as Maria Bernard. Oh, that's right. Who you could play as Rondo Blood, yeah, but you couldn't play as her in any other version, yeah. and that's just lost for, to time, because you can't port Saturn stuff. I mean, the, really, the only way to won't. have everything is either to be rich and buy everything as it comes out, or steal things. There's, there's the really no gray area <laughs> if you want everything. 
<laughs> so uh, it's funny you just brought up backward compatibility because I wasn't, I was thinking of the virtual console, but I wasn't thinking of that specifically. But I realized my favorite way to play Zelda Ocarina of Time is on that 3DS. Mm -hmm. the, like remakes, I guess, would be a form of playing retro games if they don't change it too much. Yeah. Like changing that from 2D to 3D and enhancing the graphics, that is a wonderfully mm. enhanced game. That is a great way to do it. And come on, as all of us are Switch owners, yeah. thanks to these guys, they got me a Switch. Um, playing full-size games in a handheld is just feels great and it's awesome and they ported that game perfectly yeah well they enhanced it they didn't port it they enhanced it uh although i've heard people are upset about the way they did this similar thing with majora's mask yeah although i i love that port and it, it's it's kind of the speedrunner sort of mentality versus the normal casual game player oh, for casual people the flip thing yes for the casual people it's like oh it looks better and the interface is better and it's just a nicer portable it's nice to play overall, and it takes out some of the tricks that the old game had. So. Yeah, they fixed the bugs. And they fixed the bugs. Yeah, but I like the, I mean, the old Majora's Mask is sort of clunky to play, especially with the inventory management. And on the 3DS, you can just go on the touch screen, move things around, you have more buttons. It's nice. But you turn in that fierce deity, and it only works half the time. Yeah. A lot of times it gets stuck in like, ah! face looking thing it's very strange we have ports are huge this generation particularly um and, and a lot of that is you're you mentioning like you're mad at playstation 4 for not being yeah. backwards compatible there's a really good technological reason for that and the, the xbox one they changed basically their entire architecture mm -hmm. to um, x86 processors which is what your computer runs on at home hmm. your mac or your pc runs x86 and all game systems before did not so they're like, oh, to be more powerful, we really need to move on to this new platform, but nothing else from the old days will run on it. <laughs> Except Microsoft figured out how to do it with, with software. Xbox One, they, through software, but. Because they're Microsoft and they're literally <laughs> at this time the most valuable company in the world and they can just throw people at it. Uh, but yeah, yeah, Microsoft managed to make Xbox 360 emulation work. Um, I was very impressed with it. Almost wanted to buy an Xbox One. Almost. I almost did too, and then I, then I looked at the 360 I already had. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm oh, like, well. I can just play it on 360, so. <laughs> I have a 360. Mine still works, I got, I got the S, so it's two years younger than the original one, so it works. And then what's kind of cool, um, the weird implementation right now, but on the Switch, if you subscribe to their on the Switch Online system, you get an NES emulator that comes with a, a pile of games, and they're releasing more every good. month. I feel like, have they released any since the upgraded Legend Wait, of Zelda, like, though? They have, yeah. It's okay. giveaways? Yeah, it's giveaways. Yeah. It's just, just a Nintendo emulator app on there. You just, it, has, it came with, like, what, 12, 16 games, and it added... They four came, more they came with 20, and then they added four more and four more. Like, I think the plan is every month they're going to add, like, three or four more. Those Nintendo folks. Yeah. I like where so their brains are at. It's, and it's neat in that it kind of brings that sort of idea of a Netflix of games mm. sort of into reality. Yeah, it's what we've all kind of been clamoring for. Yeah. Um, Though your speedrunners will still be upset. But you're a speedrunner. Stop it. <laughs> like, I mean, as far as I understand, they're pretty well emulated versions of the NES games. Yeah, that's some of the best emulation I've seen yeah. on like a Nintendo console of their own system. But so far, they're still pretty early games in the life cycle of the NES. Yeah, just put Balloon Fighter in there. And they I'm have good. Balloon Fight. Ah! Balloon Fight. <laughs> that's where I've been playing Metroid One. Actually, I was just before this talking to you about Metroid One. That's where I'm playing it. Uh, oh, they, I know Metroid One's in there. I need to yeah. play it properly for the first time. Damn it! <laughs> I'm playing it and save scumming because that game really yeah. is made better with save scumming. Wait, there's save states and things? Yeah. yeah. Did the save state come from emulators, by the way? That's yeah. the first time I've ever seen it. That's the first time I remember it. Yeah. It was like, man, this, this game is so much better with F2. Yeah. And at four. So PC games would have save, uh, uh, quick save slots, yeah. too. So maybe that might have been the, the way they got the idea for the emulators, to be like, oh, let's just save it here. But also because you're emulating it in software, they can just pause the, it was just pause it wherever they want. So fast and so instant, yeah. like you would just pop in and be like, all right, I'm back where I was. Good, yeah. good. I mean, and right back where it was, not yeah. just the level. Yeah. Um, yeah, so on top of... Yeah, so we've talked about uh, the illegal emulators. We've talked about, about the modding legal. systems. We've talked about the legal. And now we talk about the most recent, as of this filming, uh, way to play retro games, the PlayStation Classic yep. that Sony's releasing. Which is uh, kind of in the broader, the broader sense of uh, retro repackagings for all the companies are doing right yeah. now. And it sounds like it's garbage. <laughs> yeah, oh, it sounds no, bad. Is it? Really so, bad. Yeah, there were like 12 games or 16 games Final released. Final Fantasy 7's on it. Final Fantasy 7 is, is like on it. the only heavy hitter you yeah. would expect, though, so, that is on it. Yeah, Symphony of the Night hey, is no not Spyro. on it. 
No Spyro. No Spyro. No Crash Bandicoot. A lot of games that they were working on re-releasing or working on re-porting. Like Crash Bandicoot just released a package. Spyro just released a package. There's no Uh, Wipeout. There's no... There's um, Jumping Flash, though. When you're a robot uh, rabbit, you jump up and then this (laughs) uh, camera violently rotates down. You have to land on platforms. So it's it's Sony being Sony. Yeah. Yeah. A siphon filter is on the... PAL version and not the American version, I believe. Yeah, that's the other thing. Like, a third of the games are PAL versions instead of American version, NTSC. With the, yeah, with a different refresh rate. Which means it runs at 50 frames per second yeah. instead of 60. And no one has a TV slow. that supports yeah. it. Well, no, it's a, the, it's it'll run on the TV. It just runs slowly. It just runs slow. So it's worse. Which is that's the worst true. implementation. Yeah. Why would they do that? This <laughs> 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 yeah, this uh, website, Digital Even Foundry. I get that one <laughs> as camera yeah. person. That's really bad. I don't know if you know Digital Foundry, Terry, but they do a lot of like video comp- like comparisons of like video quality and video techniques in games. So yeah, they do side by sides for like different ports. Ocarina of Time, they did an in-depth study on the docked versus handheld frame rates and the textured qualities and uh, yes. resolutions, everything. So they found out that many of them were PAL versions. Breath of the Wild. Oh, Breath of, sorry, Breath of the Wild, yeah. Uh, but they determined, at least preliminarily, that there's no uh, hardware, software reason why they needed to include those. Yeah. They could have included the uh, US versions or the Japanese versions, and it would have been fine. Yeah. So it, it's very strange. You know what's interesting, though? Uh, you bring up PlayStation Classic. Obviously, that was a um, response to the, the massive success with that was the NES Classic. Um, who saw that coming? Uh, I mean, a lot of people kind of like, have I can't been pounding them to do that. Yeah, I but I can't believe coming. how much it was going to sell. Yeah. yeah, because I was just like... Neither did Nintendo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah they weren't ready. <laughs> yeah, because NES Classic was often like crazy. It was like a Jingle All the Way style yeah. fiasco where people just running and snatching off shelves. <laughs> yeah, that was... <laughs> it, 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 came, it came up today, so that's the reason I had Sinbad or Schwarzenegger? <laughs> That was Schwarzenegger. That was both. Of, no, they're both. Oh, they, they, they were the one competing for. The I, never, I just saw the cover, which has. <laughs> it's, it's a great comedy <laughs> movie. Uh, but yeah, so um, and so then yeah, the that came out. The SNS Classic came out and also did Gangbusters. The PSS PSX Classic they decided to come out with to head off analog making something, and also to head off, uh, I guess to just put something out so people would shut up asking where's the PSX. See, if I'm Sony, I'm not, I'm not doing that. I'm just yeah, like, focusing on keep going further, better, stronger. Especially because most of these games, they've already ported to PS2 or PS3 on the PlayStation Network. Some of them, they've re-released on PlayStation Network for PS4. So they have the games in the digital pipeline. There was no reason for them it just felt like they to didn't, just they, uh, they, follow. They were probably caught between not wanting to take the wind out of the sails of their existing re-releases. Mm-hmm. So it's just stupid. I also don't know, I mean... Creating a sales strategy based on nostalgia works if you are a nostalgia-based company. Like, Disney will always be able to sell you a Steamboat Willie frame. Yeah. Nintendo's always going to be able to make money on the original Super Mario Brothers. I don't know if the nostalgia for Sony PlayStation is in the same world. I have not... For the age that is spending the most money right now. That's a great point. Because I know I'm not clamoring to play Battle Arena Toshinden ever again. Yeah. That's one of the games included in it. But I'm sure people who grew up with that as their first console maybe have really fond memories of it. I'm sure they get the warm, tingly feelings when that Sony boot comes up with the dong Yeah, like, they'll, oh my god, that feels like my childhood. <laughs> or at least they will in 10 years, you know? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I, I, th- I, think, I think probably. I mean, I think I'm... I have the blinders on because I'm still Team Nintendo, even after all these years, <laughs> we which discussed is ridiculous. In a, in a previous podcast, I think those games age worse, too. Like yeah, that's, uh, that's yeah. a great point. First generation 3D. Horrible. Yeah, I mean, it's not enjoyable. Like, at the time, you couldn't make out Jumping Flash. <laughs> yeah. And it definitely must be super muddy and gross now. But. Yeah, but I think, I think what Sony has been doing, and I'd be interested to see the sales numbers on this, is their re-releases, how they're doing. Because, like, Final Fantasy VII, for example, is getting a remake, a reskin, and a new play style. And I'm betting that thing's gonna sell like crazy. On the PlayStation 5. Yeah. There was that when was that announced? Or? It's not been announced. Oh, you're, but just, you're just trolling. I would I, put I, money I, I, on that coming out on the PlayStation 5 and not the PlayStation 4. Even still, I got a feeling, if that one hits, then I would be like, okay, PlayStation, there's, that's what you should be doing. Right. You should be, Taking peop- the games that people do love and not re-releasing them in their original form, but revamping them, reconstructing them, so we can play it again 15 years later, in a new style, in a style that's more modern for today. Because I just don't think they have the same library 
that is begging to play more games. I think they were just too late into the trend of, of nostalgia-based content. It's kind of like, you know how like music today, like all of our artists are like, you're here for a year and you're gone. Mm -hmm. But then before, you know, if you go into like 95, 97 area, which is when Sony came out, <laughs> some of those folks are still around. Yeah. I think it's that kind of idea. Like yeah, there's musicians who started in 93 who are still around who should not still be around. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then there's these flash in the pans that we have now. I think just the mind of the culture now is faster. Is different. Yeah. I was just wondering earlier if Lana Del Rey is still alive. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? <laughs> but yeah, everybody knows where uh, where Third Eye Blind is because it's put a new album last year. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. like and people are going. Hootie and the Blowfish just reformed. By oh the wow! Way, and they're going on tour. Bare Naked Ladies are on the same tour. Were they ever that good? No, no they were just at the right time. And that's kind of—I guess—that's kind of my point. Yeah. Well, what's interesting is I think there is this untapped vein that they're surprised about uh, because they released—I I remember they released uh, the Crash Bandicoot trilogy recently. Oh yeah. Remastered. Like crazy numbers. So crazy! Like. <laughs> millions and millions and millions in in yeah. all yeah <laughs> in every uh, in every zone like they just sold like crazy like oh my god people really like wanted to pay money for these old games they also didn't they also they also gave him a didn't they also make him autistic what I'm pretty <laughs> sure no in uh, canon he is autistic I think now I mean all right because he he doesn't speak. He's just, rah, rah, oh, just he stuff like that. Maybe, but I don't know if that. I think they did. I, I, we'll look into it. We'll look into it. But I think, I think they did something. I'll fact check it now. They changed a lot of things. Um, yeah. I mean, they basically remade those games like with modern graphics, and then people bought them like crazy, and they released it on everything. It's on the Switch now. See, it's funny to see the the Sony mascot uh, of you know 1995 on the Nintendo platform. Well, I mean, Sonic games come out on. But that was later, right? I mean, it was. That That's was, true. An older battle. They went and to the Olympics. <laughs> they went to the Olympics together. And they, and and they resolved hands. the differences. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's funny. I'm, I'm thinking, my, I think my favorite emulator ever is the Nintendo GameCube because it had the unbelievable Mega Man collection and Mega Man <laughs> X collection. Those yeah. two, like, the, my favorite games, uh, they're up there, were put on a single little cool little disc and I could play it on the GameCube and I destroyed every single one of those games. Like... I probably logged more time emulating with the uh, GameCube than any other way of playing retro classic games. Wow. It's just interesting to think about. Be, uh, you know why else? Because they did the same thing with Sonic was on the GameCube as well. Oh. That was oh, the yeah. first Sonic Mega Collection. Go Mega Collections. Keep collecting. Yeah, th there's a lot of those coming out and those are Mario All-Stars was actually probably yeah, the first one. Yeah, it was one. a big yeah. Mega Collection at the time. Yeah, the, the, the only other way to play retro games, really? Uh, other than all the things we already discussed, is to play the original games on the original hardware, which we haven't really touched on. It's an option. Uh, yeah, by going back in time. Well, going back in time or going on eBay. And you can find an NES for a decent price uh, still. It's true. much cheaper than Tom Trail. Yep, and you can find cartridges still. Uh, some of them are rarer than others. Yep, uh, good, but luck, uh, good luck with some of them. <laughs> yeah, but you can get Super Mario 1 for 50 cents, I'm sure, still. Get me a stack of them. Uh, and you can play it on an old TV, and um, it's awesome. Uh, some games, and, and there's some systems that really need to be experienced on that original hardware. Right now, I am kind of formulating a hunt for a Vectrex system. Have you ever wow. heard of that one? You're trying to go back as far as possible, huh? <laughs> yeah. So this was a system. It had its own was screen. Was that Mattel? Is that before ColecoVision? It was. Um, I don't. It might have been concurrent at some point, but it had its own screen, and it was an oscilloscope for vector graphics. Yeah. Wow. And it, uh, you can't replicate that on any modern display. Like, an oscilloscope looks like an oscilloscope. Like, yeah. it's just not going to look the same. You know, 1982. 1982. November. The year I was born, the month before well, I was yeah, born. Yeah, it's a month older than you. Yeah, it's a month Is older than you. Is that why you need it? Well, I need it just because it's an, it's an experience you can't emulate elsewhere. And when you play, like, have you ever played Arca uh, Asteroids on an arcade cabinet? Like the original? Yes, yes. You know how bright and shiny that thing is? That's true. Nothing looks like that. It was so by Milton Bradley. I knew it was one of those toy companies. Milton Bradley, yeah. Those bastards. Uh, but, you know, some stuff like that, like you need the original thing to play it. And they're still out there and they're still relatively affordable. I like you can Dragon, get a Vectris for I like a hundred bucks. I bet Dragon's Lair would be a good cabinet to have. Yeah, if uh, you're okay with uh, repairing laser, laser discs. Disc. Yeah. yeah. Talk about bit rot. Oh my God. That must be heck.
Yeah. See, I'm on the other side of that. Yeah. I I am enjoying the progress. I want everything. I don't even want it on an SD card. I want it on like sunglasses. <laughs> Just put them on and I can play anything. Like I, I am fully embrace the digital world. I don't like having things anymore. Just the fact that you don't have to have things is awesome to me. And that yeah. you can have this amazing digital library in your pocket as opposed to filling the, an entire room with NES cartridges or Vectrexes and yeah. things like that. Like I fully embrace the idea of digitizing the world. <laughs> well, I think you can access it through that. That kind of brings up what might be a, a nice final topic for us yeah, here please. is the psychology of, you know, when you're playing these games. Mm -hmm. um, and I found, I don't know about you guys, but remember that first time we found a ZSNES emulator, you popped it in and you had every ROM you could play? Yeah. And what, how did you play those games? I know me personally, I'd be like, oh, this game's cool. Played for Five minutes. Yep. Flip to if another that one. Long, yes. Flip to another one. Flip to another one. And you're overwhelmed. It's disposable and overwhelming, and um, the games aren't meant to be played like that. Like you're not really playing the game. You're just dipping, and there's there's fun in that, but it's shallow, right? How's uh, your vinyl collection, by the way? It's getting bigger. <laughs> it's getting bigger, actually. I, it's real. <laughs> it's, I just he actually assume. plays them sometimes. I just yeah, I've, I've witnessed this. Yeah. It's always the same two albums, so maybe you don't have any more than two. I got like. 50-ish, yeah. You only played two. Probably. But wait, 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 wait. The, there's, there's the two kinds of people. There's the people who want the digital version, the people who uh, say it's better. You know, um, okay. I admit, I can see when the film looks better than the digital camera. I can see it, okay? Uh -huh. But the convenience, man. I yeah. Just, I, li I prefer a more convenient world, I think. Certainly, but, all right, so... It's convenient, you want, but how do you feel like if it's convenient, but you don't even watch it? You don't even play yes, it? Yes, that's, that's Like, wrong. when you're overwhelmed, it feels wrong. Yep, I'm and, with you. And I feel that way even with some of the legal options. Like, you you download, like, the Nintendo right now, it's like, have 30 Nintendo games. It's yeah. like, boop, 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 I played each boop, of them boop. once, and then I played three of them a handful of times. And I find, like, it's quick and dumb and shallow, and, like, I enjoy it, but then I'm done with it. But right now, I'm trying to force myself to play my way through Metroid all the way through, and I'm liking it a lot more. Like, Good. as I'm playing these games through, I'm like, I understand this game better now, and I'm actually beating it, and this because is... Because of the digital version? Well, the digital version makes it more convenient, for sure. But then there's that, that mental, uh, mm -hmm. for lack of a better term, discipline sure. to sit down and actually see it through. Mm. Because uh, right now, the world at large is kind of going for quick release sort of... Um, I don't know. Uh, well, it's the quick idea, satisfaction. It's also the idea of I want to watch Netflix while on my phone instead of devoting all of my time to one or the other. Yeah. That is what I think most people want now. Give me something where I can do both. I don't want to shut off part of my brain and, and absorb all the attention. Like, bite I really, size. I, I think it's wrong, but yeah. I think that's what people want right now is like, let me do this. <laughs> yeah. Bite-sized, fluffy garbage. <laughs> yeah, and it's junk food, like mental junk Excuse food me, you're doing all the time. Right here, bite size. <laughs> um, but I will say a quick question before we wrap up is, my feeling on this changed dramatically, um, probably six years ago, six, seven, eight years ago, when I purged everything and I no longer had a system. I had no video games for the first time in my entire life. Yeah, and I remember going and I went to the GameStop. And they gave me like $500 back. And the look on this dude's face as I was turning in these games, like it was like I shot his mom. Because <laughs> he's looking at like Resident Evil for GameCube. And he's like, oh my God, this is like a $27 game. You're giving back, are you sure? And I'm like, yeah, just, yeah. And I couldn't even get rid of all of it. There were games that they wouldn't accept. So then I had to, uh, I couldn't do it. I hired someone to eBay away my NES and SNES collection. And when it was done, the baggage was gone. Yeah, like you're like, it was like this, that was really hard to do. Yeah. But now I have nothing tethering me to gaming anymore until you guys brought me back. <laughs> but now, but you brought me back in a time that we Where it's all more convenient, yeah. And it's, it's more like how you would love to, like how, like you said, you like to be able to carry it around in your pocket, have access to it whenever you like. And getting rid of that kind of helped you with that because... But the fact, and the fact is, I took five generations of consoles with me 
from home to college to my first apartment to anywhere I was working in the country, there was a giant, you know, like the size of this cooler filled with stuff that was traveling with me for a long time. And now that's not, that's not there anymore. But it's been replaced with camera equipment, so I didn't <laughs> nothing changed. But, um, but I distinctly remember the guy I was before I did that. And if, if you've never gotten rid of something, I don't think you'll be able to experience the joy I have. And I think because I did that, I can't experience the joy that you guys have. And I think that's just the decision is, who do you want to be? Both can be right. Yeah. I mean, I ask one of these guys, their way is the only No, it's, it's a well, personal <laughs> decision. Yeah, and, and, I was, and I was gonna say like, in saying it their way, like Chris is more of a full collector than I am. Yeah. Because I actually just found it yesterday in my garage oh, is where yeah. I put all of my Dreamcast discs. I was wondering whether well, I figured I just sold them or threw them out. Oh, I saw the picture. And then, yeah, and I pulled out, I'm like, oh, here's my Skies of Arcadia. Here's my Soul Calibur. Your favorite games, yeah. some of them of all I mean, time. I still have my Dreamcast, but, but I only had two games seen. with it and the rest of them were in the garage. So I was like, wait, hmm? But not Panzer Dragoon. Elms for Saturn. I never had yeah, a Saturn. I never had a Saturn. Our friend Al had a Saturn, and he I got to play it once, and Chris got to play it once, and it was glorious. Now, I think he still has both of them. He better. <laughs> but <laughs> he yeah, you, you so had you but feel when you yeah, found yeah, them. So I, I found them, and I was like, yeah, I have these. I don't want to boot up my Dreamcast and play them <laughs> because I want a new ver. I want Skies of Arcadia on Switch. Right. I want a Dreamcast classic release of Skies of Arcadia on Switch. Yeah. I want. Uh, Sonic Adventure 2 Battle Dreamcast uh, GameCube Classic on Switch. I want them to bring these, keep carrying these games forward with me, digital or otherwise, so I can have access to a newer, more future-proof version of it. So it's great to have it as like, oh, I'm looking at this disc, it's great, but I'm also thinking disc die and degrade, I should try to sell these on eBay before they're gone. I hope that there's a museum that's being built somewhere where everything is being preserved in the most pristine condition for all of this stuff. Because it is. It there is, is. There is. There's, there's one in LA that I know of. Good. Keep going. Does it have all of them? Uh, it has yeah. a lot. It's just about everything. So you're saying we could be like young Indiana Jones being like, it belongs in a museum. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, why is there chewing gum on Mega Man X3? It's not 8 bit something. They do a lot of like releases of like art prints. And they do like art installations based on video games, but they also but have like a museum of I think I, classic it's stuff. It's like the ACA. It's just like the. Smithsonian uh, has a bunch of video game stuff, I believe. The uh, ancient Egyptian video games. MoMA has a whole video game art district, but there is no. There is a specific video game historical uh, museum that tries to collect everything. Then all is right in my world, and I hope all is right in your world. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Tubby Talk. Um, let us know what kind of classic games you're still hanging on to. Let us know if you're a perjurer or if you still have all of the classics. We'd love to know. Uh, we do this for you. And we want to keep talking to you about classic games because that's what we love and that's what we do. Oh, and don't forget, the best place to play retro games is here at Tubby Robot with these two guys. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. We'll see you next time on Tubby Talk. Bye-bye. Peace.